Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Nothing. Suppose not me. Just that. He's in trouble, it seems. Yep. All right, try one more time. Caller from the uh, 614 area code, hello. Yes, hello, it's me. Um, what happened? I heard, like, nothing. Um, I don't know what's been happening. I've been talking. I, you haven't been hearing? No, no, no. Uh, must must be one of those weird right. things happening in the universe. <laughs> I, A lot I of couldn't hear you. I could not hear anything. Hold on, hold on. Well, that's very strange. Um, uh, I guess a lot of strange things do happen in the in the universe, but uh, what can you do? Um, anyway, this sounds like Nicole uh, from Columbus, yes, Ohio. Yes, it, it, it is Nicole. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, okay. Cool. So uh, let's hear your uh, let's hear your poem. Okay. All right. Um, 
I'll go ahead and um, whip out something that I've revised and I've kind of been sitting on for a while. I've only read, I've only read it a couple times out in public. Um, I work at a um, Catholic seminary um, up on uh, Route 23 here in Columbus, Ohio, and I happened to be up at the front desk of the the front reception desk one morning, and I was in a really bad mood. And I happened to sit down because I was actually covering for the receptionist while she went to take a break. And I happened to see a paper um, with the Pope's picture on it, and there was some headline. And I guess the mood I was in, it just kind of really just made me feel even worse. It just uh, kind of upset me even more. And I kind of already had an attitude that day to begin with. So I'm like, row, 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 you know. You know. So, but the good thing is a poem came out of this. So... Um, I will present for you now my poem, Nails. Whose version is the right version of truth? And will your version demand a conversion of me into something that I will not recognize except for my muffled screams and truncated dreams? Those artifacts are pinned down TNT, packed in tight with body-slammed chili peppers that hold in their rage as a caught exhale, rage that runs red livers, rivers of liquid scream down my back to leave tracks telling the tale of my ache. And all of this is vibrating below a thin veneer of ice lined with butterfly lace and wax paper perfectly positioned to protect and obscure the ugly. Now, tell me, how does a 10-year-old fight? Does she pound boulders into the back of her hand until her skin caves in, swallows the rock, and vomits blood onto her knuckles? Does she then curl her fingers into fetal monsters and let the whole bloody mess of open, jagged skin crust over and freeze into a fist made of burnt diamonds that can knock down concrete and window giants in a single blow? Tell me. How does an 11-year-old extricate herself from the 9-inch nail bed springs that are buried in her back and soaked in her own urine because somebody forgot to tell her that she was not 6 years old anymore, that boogeymen no longer exist except in the confines of nightmares and closets, and that your home should not be a closet, and that there should never be a boogeyman in your own house offering you soft pillow arms and acid rage randomly by turns? And how does she step outside the boundary of outcome inside this insane game of chance, which is dictated by the spin of an unseen schizophrenic wheel of misfortune? Tell me, how does that six-year-old understand that humans are not trees and that you should never mistake your spinal cord for a root system, never bury your heart and back into soil? How does she know that you only leave behind neurons when you are ripped away from that soil and then some parts of you go numb? And one morning at precisely 4.01 a.m., right before her 33rd birthday, that girl will wake up and discover a forgotten arm, a once-dead eye, a clicking shoulder that she had written off as useless a long time ago, and it will hurt beyond trinket and plastic cliche, beyond carefully formed metaphor, beyond even the ability to puncture her fingertips and siphon out the blood in the inkwells to write sugar, electrolyte, ketones, and grief onto the page. Now, tell me, when that happens, will your dogma catch her pain in its arms? take mop and bucket to her floors and erase where she's bled 10,000 times before and then offer to do it again on those nights when the only thing she knows how to do is bleed? And will your orthodoxy show her the face of God, press the divine upon her tongue, and tell her to swallow, and help her to believe in something beyond stars, beyond nails, beyond crucifixes, patsy, and calendars, because she will need precisely this. She has hung on crosses, stolen the children of rainforests, and desecrated their faces with her own blood in the name of salvation since 1982. So tell me, what will you do to stop her from driving another nail into her hands? Well, you know, life would be a lot easier if human beings were trees. I mean, Perhaps think so. about it think about it, Nicole, we'd, we'd just be kind of sucking up water and, and participating in photosynthesis. We wouldn't have to worry about whether microphones are working, if anyone was hearing us, if the 
beginning of our blog talk shows were functional, that kind of thing. It's uh, kind of sounds ideal. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well done, Nicole. Uh, good start to our show. Thanks very much for sharing that piece. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you. Um, anything going on in Columbus you want to let us know about? Um, actually, uh, most of the um, open mics are um, going along their usual schedule. Most are weekly. Um, the poetry forum, however, which is only happening during the school year, it runs from October till about May. That will start up, I believe, the first Monday in October, and um, uh, Columbus poet Vernell Bristow will be their first feature. Um, if anyone wants additional information, they can just go to puddinghouse.com and then click on the calendar link, which is on the left-hand side of the page. And that gives not only the poetry form schedule, but that gives the schedule for pretty much all of the open mics in Columbus. Um, I also keep up an events page, and mine's at ravenswingpoetry.com forward slash events. Um, mine is not quite as expansive as pudding houses, but uh, mostly I try to keep uh, I try to put blurbs up about the three or four major open mics in town. So between those two, uh, I think you should get pretty pretty much a good amount of information on on what goes on in Columbus on a monthly basis. It sounds like it. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks for uh, thanks for being a regular here on the show, and thanks for opening up for us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. No problem. That's uh, Nicole Nicholson calling from Columbus, Ohio, giving us a great new piece, a uh, uh, good way to open the show. So it sounds like I'm looking in the chat room that um, that no one heard me when I opened up the show. Uh, a couple of people said they didn't hear anything. Uh, might have been some kind of issue with uh, with the microphone on my on my phone here. Uh, I gather you can hear me now. I feel like I should begin the entire show again. Perhaps I should start life all over at this point, but uh, maybe we'll just start with the show. So if you didn't hear the uh, Welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live, allow me to tell you, Welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. It's the September 2009 edition of our open reading. Uh, that uh, first couple minutes of silence, that was... Um, that was in memory of, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, let's say something terrible that happened uh, that I can't remember right now. Just that uh, we like to uh, memorialize things every now and then. Um, so I also want to mention, because um, I gather you didn't hear this as well, uh, that it is the last two weeks that you can enter the Poetry Superhighway contest. The deadline is two weeks from last night, September 19th. That's the date that you have to postmark your entry fees. It's a dollar per poem entry. You can enter as many poems as you like. If you win the contest, if you're in one of the top three scoring positions, you will win a percentage of the entry fees taken in. You'll get, if you're first place, you get 50% of the money taken in. If you if you come in second place, you get 30%. And if you come in third place, you get 20%. So all of the money taken in goes not to line my pockets, but to uh, go, go straight back to the winners of the contest. But say, what happens if you don't win the contest? Say you come in somewhere between 4th and 104th. Well, that's okay, too, because we have a huge roster of prizes donated by a lot of different uh, sponsors from all over the world who have um, put up books, magazines, services, things which are of specific interest to poets and writers. And, and this is the 12th year of the contest. Every single year, we have been able to give uh, every single person who entered a prize just for entering. So that's very cool. Uh, you're a winner just for entering the contest. So, so give it a try. Uh, you, there's a couple ways to find out how to enter. Number one, if you're on the Poetry Superhighway website, just click on 2009 contest, and uh, the guidelines will show up right there. Um, or you can send an email to guidelines at poetrysuperhighway.com, and they will be emailed to you. Make sure you follow them. It's a couple-step process. You have to uh, fill out an entry form, and then the entry form gives you uh, some specific uh, instructions on uh, how to enter your poems. You have to send them to a certain email address in a certain format. We don't take attachments, blah, 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 blah. The important thing being, if you don't read them uh, and you don't follow them, then uh, your entry won't be accepted. And um, as we get down to the wire here the last couple of weeks, there isn't a lot of time for me to get back to you and say, hey, you didn't do this right. Can you do it right so that way we can enter you? They're, they're kind of set up to just to, to make the contest run smoothly. And, and I know sometimes people are disappointed uh, if they don't get in because they, they didn't follow a guideline or so. So check that out. It's a really cool thing. 
um, and uh, and we want you to participate. All right, moving right along. Again, the number to uh, participate in today's open reading is area code 646-716-7362. Or if you'd like, you can click on the Click to Talk button right there on the Poetry Superhighway Live page at Blog Talk Radio. Of course, usually that doesn't work and I end up hanging up on you, but you can give it a try. That's okay. Uh, moving right along now, our next caller is from the 908 area code. Hello. Hi, this is Dave from uh, Newark, New Jersey, the lush rolling hills. <laughs> let, me, uh, yeah, let me launch right into my story. And you know there's always a story behind every poem. Very briefly, in 1974, when I was a mere pup of 16, I was in a work-study program sent by my high school. I went to an alternative high school here in Newark, and they sent me to a camp near uh, Peekskill, New York, to work as a uh, counselor in training, or CIT. I uh, befriended a, a, a fellow CIT by the name of Curtis Cost, who was an interesting paradox in that he was a kind of a cross between Denzel Washington and Steve Urkel. And he's a magnificent specimen of male physiognomy, but he was nerdy as all get out. And he could write. Boy, could he write. He was tremendously talented. And he showed me one of his short stories, <laughs> and the short story was about a band leader who had died uh, on that very day. And uh, this band leader was very reclusive, no friends, no family, Nobody really knew him or got close to him. The only, uh, the only being that was close to him was his cat. And he left everything to his cat. And so, and so he leaves everything to his cat, and the cat was being interviewed by this talking head announcer. You know, the absurdity of this in the story made it very suitable for adapting it to verse. Uh, which I did years later. Now, in Curtis's story, the cat is simply found awash in tears. You know, he cries. But uh, <coughs> in the uh, poem, however, I've decided to rub out the little beastie. I whack the cat. <laughs> in other words, the cat dies at the end. Well, here it is. Let me read it. How can you uh, how can you give that away before even reading the poem? I mean, you know, that's it's like, oh, by the way, you're going to go see, uh, you know, uh, some great mystery movie, and let me tell you how it ends before you go see it. I mean, go ahead. Well, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Okay, here it goes. <coughs> the music fades, the lights draw low, the swelling din that must subside, with joyous music finally stopped. This is the day that the master died. The studio lights fill every nook, except for the chair where the master sat. The last light finally reveals the truth. In that seat there now sits a cat. Not just any cat, but the dearest friend, who the master told his secrets to. This story a query, special guest, poised and ready for his interview. The announcer steps to the front in haste, impeccably groomed and nattily dressed. Apparently combed with buttered toast, he leers with contempt at his special guest. No friends nor family of any kind, so that his work might carry on. No successor to this calling able to create such joy with his baton. This self-centered fuzzball seated here who alone had known the master's care, this useless postule always with him, at his side always, everywhere. Nothing to give and nothing to lose, nothing to gain, what a terrible waste. The master's secrets in this creature's keeping, gone forever, such a bitter taste. He feels not the slightest tinge of sadness, no grief shows on his whiskered face. The master's gift in this cat's keeping, gone forever, what a huge disgrace. As old cement head ends his show, not the slightest noise does the kitty make. 
The lights were dimmed, the silence fell, as the master's cat seems wide awake. The banging of chairs, the clanging of props, the master's theme would long subside. When they arrived at the master's seat, they found that the cat, indeed, had died. Drenched with grief, still wet with tears, this lifeless fuzzball had finally spoken. In life the creature could ill express that the dam had burst, his heart had broken. From the torture of inconsolable loss that the wretched human heart can't see, to the still wet teardrops on the master's seat, the master's cat was finally free. Those fading lights, the far-off strains, the thing that would at last subside, but the small sick heart concealed from view, this day the master's cat has died. The dying creature could not describe the music he'd heard and the places he'd been, but his furry corpse will indeed attest to the fathomless grief churning deep within that cannot be heard nor understood for the priceless love dwells deep inside the bond between these kindred souls lives on even after both have died well david it's you know i was just at the farmer's market this morning and um uh where there's all kinds of signs that say you know organic this and you know organic watermelons organic <laughs> apples uh, and when I was leaving the market at the exit uh, there was there were two uh, young women with a box that said free organic kitten <laughs> and uh, sure enough in this little box was this tiny six week old extraordinarily cute kitten uh, yes you can understand I'm, I'm a little sensitive to cat death right now yes yeah. Um, okay, uh, David. I appreciate you calling in and sharing that uh, that piece and uh, giving us the background for it. What uh, what camp is it that you went to? Camp Madison Felicia. It was run by the um, uh, the the uh, Humanist Society. The uh, they they are located on east somewhere on the east side by Central Park East, and um, they they. Um, they ran that camp. It was for underprivileged kids, and it was really a great experience. It was just a terrific experience. Um, well, they, just, they say that that youth going to summer camp is what is one of the most positively influential uh, things that that uh, that can that can be done for a kid. Well, uh, it was beneficial on both ends. It was beneficial on their end. And it was beneficial uh, on my end, too, because even though I was a counselor, I was still only 16 years old, and I had never gone to camp before. So it was, it was a whole new, it was just as new and fresh of an experience for me as it was for them, for the, for the uh, campers themselves. I, I can no. completely relate, having been basically in the same situation that you're in, in terms of having first gone to camp as an older person. Uh, David, thanks so much for calling in and sharing your work, uh, and uh, and have a lovely rest of your day in in uh, in the rolling hills of Newark. <laughs> okay, well we'll talk again, Rick. Thank you. Bye bye. Right, take it easy. Bye. That was uh, David calling from uh, Newark, New Jersey, give, giving us a a, a story. Um, about a, a cat. Um, so call in 646-716-7362. Moving right along to a caller from the 863 area code. Hello. Um, hello, Rick. I I'm Noreen from Lake Wells, Florida. Hi, Noreen. And, How are you? Okay, I'm doing fine. I was the one who called last month, but the phone went dead. I was your first caller last month. So oh, we got us a new phone now. Hmm? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad we solved that mystery. Yeah. Okay. So do you have a poem for us? Um. Y y yes, I have one called Nature's Silent Cry. Okay. The old oak trees softly swayed their branches as if to say, What are you doing to us in our forest, our home? Why are you destroying us with your carelessness? Before you know it, we, the trees, will vanish slowly till we all are gone. Take care of us now, then we'll take care of you. Heed to our plea, we cry. 
the grass and the flowers are gently blowing with the wind as if to say, why are you dumping your trash on us? Why are you throwing your cigarette butts out of your car window and setting us on fire? We, the grass, used to be beautiful and clean to sit on and to romp around on. We, the flowers, used to be a beautiful sight to see, but now we're trampled on. Please stop littering on us, we beg of you. Let us be beautiful again. Heed to our plea, we cry. The lakes are rippling gently, as if to say, What have you done to us? We used to be so clear and so clean that you could see our bottom. No more now, since you polluted us with your chemicals and your trash. Please stop polluting us before our aquatic life is completely dead. Heed to our plea, we cry. That's the end. Mm-hmm. Well, Nar- uh, Noreen, what a lovely uh, environmental message for this uh, Sunday. I'm, I'm particularly uh-huh. sensitive to the, uh, the cigarettes going out the car window. What was all the fires here in Southern California um, yep. uh, last uh, couple weeks or so? So uh, thank you for calling in, and thank you for sharing that uh, piece with us. Uh, okay. okay. Um, can I um, announce my website? You sure, can go, go ahead. Okay, you can go to my website at freewebs.com backslash Noreen and Jenkins. And you can order my book from there, too. Great. Freewebs.com slash uh, Noreen Jenkins. Noreen Ann Jenkins. Noreen Ann Jenkins. Yes. Okay, great. Okay. Cool. Well, um, I hope some people go, and then we'll talk to you again. Okay. Thank you. Okay. You have thank a nice you. day. Okay. You too, Noreen. That was a Noreen Jenkins calling from Lake Wells, Florida, uh, solving the great mystery of who was that caller last month. That wasn't there when I said, hello, you're on the air. Now we know. Uh, I'm, I'm relieved. I hope all of you are. You probably, it's probably why there's so many callers on the air and people tuned in right now. You just uh, you, you, you needed closure to that. So it's done. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, moving right along, our next caller is from the 760 area code. Hello. Hi, Rick. It's Brandon Sema from Valley Center. Hey, Brandon. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are things up there for you? Not bad. Uh, um, inside the house, the air conditioning's on. I uh, was at the farmer's market earlier today, enjoying a long weekend, uh, trying not to breathe the air outside with all the ash, but uh, things are okay. Yeah, you know, I've been hearing from people not just in L.A., but also up in the Yosemite area about the fires. It's terrible what uh, a lot of people in the state are going through right now. No doubt. Uh, homes lost, uh, people displaced, um, a great deal of the wilderness uh, uh, changed uh, significantly. Um, it's it's tough. You know, I think when we spoke last, I was just about getting ready to go up to the Tuolumne Poetry Festival. Yes. And, uh, and that uh, I was hearing from another poet, uh, James Downs, that uh, his car broke down just after that, and they had to have it towed to be fixed to the other side of the Tioga Pass, and he's been unable to get back over to get his to get his car back because of the fires. And just a lot of a lot of questions in people's minds about how to uh, protect homes and, and communities from, from fires, why we have to go through this every year. Well, you know, it's it's because we built our community here. I mean fires are kind of a natural part of what happens um, in you know in different places. Um, uh, you know, even, I suppose, though in some cases they, they're caused by, by human beings, but um, uh, it's just part of the natural process of what happens. It's 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 like asking, well, why do we have to go through earthquakes or or hurricanes? Well, you know, this is this is what happens on the planet, and we we build in certain places, and 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 that's that's the way it is. Well, I I guess uh, I'm wondering. Because it seems like the one up there in Yosemite that was thoroughly avoidable. Uh, I know that I've been in Yosemite in November in the snow when they were doing controlled burns, and it's one of the things that keeps uh, that keeps a lot of the the forest safe. But I, I I just can't understand why they thought that it was appropriate to do a controlled burn in August. That that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, fire scientists know better. So somehow there was there whoever was uh, making the arguments for this time of the year that that's something that I hope will be looked into. I, I just can't see that that 
there has to be some mistake that was made somewhere. That that one I don't understand. But uh, in any case, I do have a poem, a fire poem. Um, we went through fires here in 2003 and 2007. I think one shut the, the uh, San Diego County down for uh, 11 days and one shut the county down for nine days. And it's become something that we're uh, unfortunately learning to live with. And as you say, a lot of it has to do with, with from where we build, but it, probably some other things too. So I'm going to go ahead and read that if that's all right. Absolutely. It's called Fire Mind. October firestorm rolls west over the rim of Eden Creek Canyon. Smoke from hundreds of homes, barns, photos of lives of 17 neighbors, royals in incense of white sage. Sacred, the tribal people on two reservations now ablaze. Their outlawed spring burns resurrected brutally in autumn. Recognizing the ghost of smoke releases me to accept losing everything so that when our house emerges after fire only planks on the patio burning i resist calling it blessing that night hot spots burn around canyon the only lights there until neighbors rebuild power lines burned like fuses exploding suburbs in the brush and above spot fires stars calling back thousands of others dark insisting the second day after fire I walked the rim first time in 20 years consoling neighbors I've never met until they sift ashes over concrete foundations I trespass freely to the east catch five goats two pigs a cat with burnt paws I shoot two horses without hooves their lungs singed the blood they breathe the only moisture within miles I shoot into another mind that has become mine. The fire, the rifle, in my hand, the bullet. I follow a trajectory heartless as flames over so many. Next week at a funeral, people flow through my arms. I survive to hold them, open my cage of ribs. Their sobs become my heartbeat, their tears my blood. My warmth from pressure of motion, the same heat Santa Ana's rays crossing the Mojave. The town weeps itself dry while I wonder, where are my tears of survival? Each March, I burn brush, the flame at the match tip, the shape of an orange tear. Neighbors watch, every spring a warning. Well, you never fail to impress, Brandon. That was a great piece. Um, uh, good imagery. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on, Rick. And I just want to give a, a plug for this Wednesday night at the Fall Book Writers. I'm going to be reading uh, at uh, 103 South Main Street in Fallbrook. They start off with dinner at 5.30 at Café des Artistes, and then, uh, and then we read. So if you're in Fallbrook, Rick, please, please come, uh, come join us. And if you're not, uh, boy, I hope sometime you can be. Well, I'll, I'll take that as an invitation and try to make it down there at, at some point. I, I don't think I'll be able to be there this Wednesday, but you never know who's listening, who is in the area. So um, glad you got to mention that on the air, and good luck at the reading. Yeah, and you know what? They should have you come down for dinner. What's your latest book, Rick? It's called, well, it's a re-release of I Am My Own Orange County, though I, I guess the latest of original material is called uh, A Man With No Teeth Serves Us Breakfast, which is a poem that, which is a, a collection I wrote in uh, in London. I think that uh, would be perfect for a dinner reading. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, say, hey, we've got to uh, get uh, Rick Lupert past Orange County. We've got to, we've got to see if he can get in touch with his own San Diego County. That is, uh, that has been my my outer limit, Orange County. Uh, uh, oh, well, well, in Southern we just California, have to change that. You know, we just have yeah. to change that. Where there's a whole other county down here, and we're feeling deprived of of uh, Rick Lupert. Okay, well that uh, that's nice of you to say. I'll send some DNA down. Perhaps you can grow one of your own. <laughs> oh, um, fantastic! Thanks for calling, and we'll talk with you again. Happy day. Was, uh, you too. That was uh, Brandon Samon calling from Valley Center, California. Somewhere in the happy medium between uh, San Diego and and uh, southern 
uh, I guess northern Southern California, um, Orange County. Um, trying to move through the calls quickly because uh, there's a bunch of you on the air and I want to try to get to everyone. I've got uh, four uh, callers right now. I think we'll have no problem getting to you all, um, but uh, just in case, uh, there's uh, more time. The number is 646-716-7362 and we are going to go right now to a caller from the 917 area code. Hi. Is that me? Hey, that's you. Hey. Hi, it's Iamato. How are you? Iamato, hello. Hi. How are you? I actually have a phone to call you from. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that is, yes. I, re I recall our um, our unsuccessful attempts to uh, to hear you um, when yeah. you were calling London, and now you are not in London, where apparently they don't have phones, uh, <laughs> and, and now you are in a place phoneful. I am. I was like, oh, how? Oh, Rick's doing the show. How am I going to do it? And I'm like, you can just call him this time. <laughs> it's exciting. Crazy. It's Crazy. Technology that's available. I'm very excited uh, that you, um, um, under the auspices of your Down Home program, will be presenting um, Jay Lee Ald. Is it Ald? Is that how you pronounce it? All day. All day. Um, All day, yeah. This, or All day, this, this, yeah. This Tuesday at the Cobalt um, in Canoga Park, where I host a weekly open reading, I just put his broadside together. I, I make a post for all of the uh, all of the featured readers, which we make available at the reading. And the poem that he sent was just stellar. I just loved it, like, and um, was it I'm really searing, very yeah. He's very he's a searing kind of writer to me. A lot of his poems are just so sharp, but beautiful yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, I'm really excited. I'm very excited to see the broadside. I'm really excited just to see him because it's been a couple of years at least since I've seen him read, I think, at least two summers ago. And um, and it's been a while since he's been in L.A., so he's actually really excited as well. So hopefully it'll be a really good, good night. Cool. Well, anyone in Southern California should make it out to this. Um, uh, um, Beth is pr uh, presenting a poet. Um, uh, is it, it, well, the, the Down Home series, that, that's the show that you used to do monthly, right? Yeah, it was a monthly series that we did at Cafe Bolivar in Santa Monica, and it was poetry and music, and um, limited open mic as well, so we'd have a couple of poetry features and a music feature, and um, I discontinued it to travel a little bit, and I'm thinking about how I want to reincarnate it in the future, but maybe sort of not necessarily stationary, <laughs> not necessarily geographically linked. So I was excited when you asked me to do um, a presentation at the Cobalt. And also, you know, tremendously excited for the reader because they, they get a broadside, which is fantastic. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's going to be a good night. Um, uh, visit, uh, the, if anyone wants any more information, you can visit the Cobalt Poets website, which is poetrysuperhighway.com slash cobalt, and there uh, you can see the schedule of who is uh, reading in the coming uh, weeks and months, and you can download PDFs of all of the posters, the broadsides that we published for all of the previous uh, previous readers. We've, uh, in fact, just had our 200th broadside celebration a few weeks ago. Uh, Jay Lee will be, the, I think, the 204th broadside. So, um, wow. Cool. So, do, you, do you have a poem for us? I have a short poem if you would like one. I would. Okay, this is a new poem. I've been writing some poems sort of mildly in the Sufi tradition. So um, this is one of those. It's fairly new. Oh, I'm um, sorry, in the what tradition did you say? Su Sufi, in the mystic poet tradition. Oh, I see Sufi, okay. Yeah, I know I don't think our connection is so good, but hopefully you can hear me. I can. Okay, here goes. Everything is going to be all right. Look, see, God is draping you in garlands. Dripping with dew, they are redolent, fragrance intoxicating. Stop asking the universe for what you want all the time. Asking, asking, asking. Sometimes just sit. Sit and let it happen. This is the lesson of meditation. Give the universe a chance to create its change. Stop nagging, nagging. Do you like to be nagged like that? Patience is more than a virtue, Hafiz is whispered in my ear. It is the way things get done. 
Well, a poem that, that begins with uh, everything is going to be all right is a great uh, 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 change from what we've had so far in which basically <laughs> uh, the entire world is burning down and cats are dying. So I'm so <laughs> pleased. <cats> <laughs> I'm so pleased, uh, Beth. Um, cool. Well, um, thanks for sharing that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it seems apocalyptic over here, usually. <laughs> it is. Um, you, you, were, um, uh, you were in London, and we didn't really get the chance to talk with you that much about that, but um, were you just traveling there, or did, I mean, any particular journey you were on in that place? Um. Oh, that's like a good question. I mean, I think I was on a particular journey, and I'm not sure I figured out what that particular journey was particularly yet. But um, I was traveling, and I was doing some reading and um, listening and watching and writing and all of that, um, a little bit of everything, looking for a new perspective maybe. Well, I don't, I, maybe it'll take a while before you figure out if you found it or not, but um, it's it's great that you have the opportunity to do that. I, I've only been to one poetry spot in London. It was uh, the Poetry Cafe in Covent Garden. Did you yeah, there? yeah. Um, I, I had gone there a few years ago when I was there on a trip, and I, um, and I had met a bunch of poets there, actually, who I then later did some shows with. And I, I did go back there a couple of times um, on this past, on this past trip, I also spent a lot of time with um, different music venues because there's a lot of very strong, strong singer-songwriter community there. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I spent some time in that. I was sort of the poet there. Nice. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Love That's London. Nice. It's such a fun place to to be and eat and walk around and I mean, just it be. It is. You know? It's really, I mean, I think that's what I sort of wanted to do, is just sort of to be able to step outside and just be somewhere. Um, LA is so car-oriented, and that always seems um, hard for me. I'm more of a pedestrian. Well, well, be careful. It's not safe out there for pedestrians. I know, I know, I know, so... Yeah. Well, Beth, I'm really looking forward to seeing you on Tuesday, and um, and thanks for calling in today. Thank you, and I will see you Tuesday night. Sounds good. That was uh, Iamato calling from here in Southern California. Uh, she will be presenting the poet Jay Lee all day at the Cobalt Cafe, the weekly Tuesday night poetry roading, uh, roading, haha, uh, reading that I host um, uh, here in the San Fernando Valley, Canoga Park. Starts at nine o'clock. It's free. Uh, you just have to show up, and you can uh, you can watch, you can listen, you can you can bring poetry to read in the open reading. There's a seven-minute time limit. And again, you can uh, check out more info on that at the website, which is poetrysuperhighway.com slash cobalt. Um, hello, caller from the 310 area code. Hello. Hi. Rick, can you hear me? I can. It's Marie Lecrevain. How are you? Hey, Marie. I'm doing hey. great. Thank you. Oh, good to hear. Um, We've moved up from Southern California to Southern California. Yeah, all the way around. I love that. This best listening. I really liked your poem. That was very cool. Um, I just thought I'd call in. I had some time this afternoon. Didn't realize you had the show. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yay. So can I read a poem? Well, is that okay? <laughs> clearly, clearly my marketing committee is not doing its job, if you weren't aware but um, yes. Well, um, no, I found your I found your I guess I'm on an old email list of yours, or my older email is on it because I was cleaning out an old email box of mine, and then I saw the announcement, and then I found it on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, cool, all right. Anyway, uh, now I have a poem for my new book, Antebellum Messiah, and it's a best poem, of course, because I like that and more pedestrian or mass transit oriented. Um, this is about what you find out when you're watching outside the windows of a bus. It's called Bare Naked. Oops. Bare naked, Easter egg colored coif beauties frolic in, in front of the Page Museum on a cool Sunday afternoon. Make one fail to notice the putrid smell rising off the tar pits nearby. The photographer searching for the best angle through a camera lens while his assistant keeps a watchful eye on the street for the manifestation of law enforcement. The Google eyed passengers through the windows of the number 20 metro bus as it rolls by the enterprising middle-aged security guard as he whips out his cell phone to record 10 seconds of video for later that night where, in the privacy of his dingy bachelor pad, 
he will replay in time with his rhythmic ejaculations and make one fail to notice me composing the lines of this poem in my head while I smile quietly. Very nice. Um, this is from your, your new book, Tell us the, the Antebellum Messiah, is that right? Uh-huh, yeah, it's my big fat collection of poetry from the last six years. And it's available on Amazon. Is that how but you normally has, describe your, your big fat uh, poetry collection? My, my big fat poetry collection, yep. That's nice. Well, I, I hope it's uh, not that hard to carry around with all that. Uh, oh, no, it only weighs, I think, it, I think with uh, with packaging from Amazon, it weighs one point one one pound, 14 ounces. Uh, <laughs> anyway, cool. it sounds like this is Rick, but thank you so much. I'm glad you're doing this. I'll have to keep listening. No problem. Do you want to give a, cl a, plug, a quick plug for your uh, website? Oh, yeah. If anyone's uh, interested, I run an online magazine. It's inspired by Rick, actually. It's called uh, PoeticDiversity.org. We're the Dean of Los Angeles, and we're taking submissions till November 1st. Check it out on the web, PoeticDiversity.org. Thanks, Rick. No problem, Marie. Thanks for calling in. Great. To, thanks for being a first-time caller, and um, please call back in any time. We do the show every month, um, and we'd love to hear more work from you. Oh, thanks. I'm liking what I'm hearing. Have a great one, Rick. You too. That was um, Marie calling from here in Southern California. She's the force behind the Poetic Diversity website, um, and she has a new book, Antebellum Messiah, which you can uh, check out at Amazon.com. Marie LeCrevent. Um, all righty, we've got a couple more callers uh, to go. We've got about 15 minutes left in the show. We might be able to get a third caller, so uh, go ahead and uh, give us a try. If you got something you want to read, the number is 646 716 362 and um, good afternoon to Don. Hi Don. Hey, hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Good. Begin with uh, a short poem. Yes? Uh, yeah, well, t remind us of where you're calling from, Don. Oh, 707, which is uh, north of San Francisco. Is there a, a do you live in a in a community that has a name? Yes, it's called Sonoma. Sonoma. Yes. Cool. Well, uh, it's great to hear your uh, hear your voice again. I, you're one of the rare. Usually, uh, in my switchboard here, I see uh, area codes, but I guess you're using the uh, click to talk feature, and I'm able to actually see your name. It's uh, it, it must feel good to be identified by your name and not by a number. Considering my jail days, yes. <laughs> a story for another time, perhaps. Um, so you mentioned you have only if you're pacifistic. I I tend to be. Then we share a cell together, okay? <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. I hope the food is good. Um, so let's hear your poem. This is on the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, -E of books. And it begins with a short explanation. For Courtney Blash, I gave her 41 books for her 41st birthday. 41, while not a vintage year, can be a time of change at which what is being done can be rethought and a more satisfying way of making a living can be installed in place of the old way. The poem, keep the books when you are done, or give the books away as gifts to friends, as charity to institutions like prisons and asylums. Keep the books when you are done, or give the book away to of governance as if they were evidence. Keep the books when you are done or give the books away to religion or to spirituality as either penance or amends. Goethe wrote in Faust that you are what you are. I echo you do what you do but in truth you are what you read. I have given you the liquor of books 
in the highest of proofs. Now, before I disappear, share a glass of print with me. Well, that's lovely, Don. Um, uh, the liquor of books is an extraordinarily uh, uh, a phrase uh, that you've got there. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, is there a Go ahead. I'd like to make a little note of anyone who is in the area that the Sonoma County Book Festival is held on the 19th of September, Saturday, at the Court Plaza in the city of Santa Rosa. Begins early at 10 and ends at 5. It's a romp if you walk, jump, ski, or otherwise are mobile through book sellers, stalls, organizations, and uh, any peculiarity that has to do with books, authors, poets, and the like. I will be appearing, but I'm not going to tell you when. Hopefully, that won't turn you off. You'll come instead. Well, you know, if you, if you told them if you told them when, then they they you know it's it you know they could theoretically avoid that particular time slot. You know, uh, uh, whereas if you don't tell them when, uh, you know, they might just they might not oh, come at all. Just yeah, you know, because uh, it's a okay, risk. Okay, okay. I, I, I see the logic of your negative explanation. And so I will negatively say, do not go to the reading rostrum between 1 and 2 or between 4 and 5 because I will be there for seven minutes of both hours. Of course, you can leave for those seven minutes. That's nice. Too. Well, that, well, that's you know, that's not a bad, uh, uh, you know, compromise. I think so. Uh, well, Don, yeah, if I were there, I would, I would probably stay in the room and listen to you read. Uh, so, uh, oh my you know, God, that's just, that's just me. I, but I have a high tolerance for such things. I host an open mic and have for many years, and and with a seven-minute time limit. So I'm I'm used to chunks of, of people uh, in or er, er, people in seven-minute chunks. So I, you know, I think I'd be able. I think I'd be okay. Um, Don, I appreciate you calling in. I hope the uh, Sonoma uh, Poetry uh, or Book Festival is that what it is? Sonoma Book Festival. Sonoma County Book Festival. Um, right. I hope it's a good. I hope it's a great success. I, I participated in a in a book festival um, in uh, Santa Monica uh, a couple months ago. It was fun. There were a lot of people reading. There were a lot of people selling their books, and it was. It was, it was, I mean, uh, networking makes it sound dirty almost, but it was uh, just great to be with a lot of other like-minded uh, people. It was a good time. So good luck it with it. helps to overbridge the solitariness of writing. Yeah, but I would extend the invitation to Google Sonoma County Book Festival and get the page that has great information on it. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, Don. Thanks for calling in. That was uh, Don calling from Sonoma, California, a repeat caller, someone who has uh, read many times on our show. And uh, good to have you back, and, and uh, he'll be reading at the Sonoma Book Festival um, coming up. Check that out on Google for more information. Um, we've got one more caller. Uh, let's see. Hello, uh, caller from the 908 area. Hi. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. What's your name? My name is Helen Tinsley, and I'm a first-time caller here. Well, great to have you. Uh, Thank you, Rick. Philadelphia. I've been I following am. you on the web, and I said, well, you know what? Let me give it a shot. And here you are. I guess this could. And here I am. This will determine whether it was a worthwhile uh, effort for you. Okay. Uh, um, uh, well, I am a writer, and I'm an artist, so I like to create a visual image to go along with a literary poem. 
And so the poem that I want to share is on bottle trees. And it's an African-American tradition to house the spirits of your ancestors in a bottle and hang them on trees. So sometimes you see it still in the South, in Alabama and Mississippi, where people, you'll see trees that are, have no leaves, and every leaf has, a, I mean, every branch has an upturned bottle on it, and it represents housing the spirit of an ancestor. And it was an African tradition, and it's practiced by other cultural groups, by Latinos, by whites, and et cetera, today. You know, it's a synergy of cultural practices that have merged. But it is an African tradition, and it came from the um, West African culture. And so may I share the poem? Absolutely. Let's hear it. Okay. It's called Bottle Trees. The elderly gentleman greeted her with weary eyes on his tired face. Dressed in his Sunday finest, gray pinstripe suit, white shirt starched stiff, fancy tie, black wingtip shoes, hair slicked back. He was one specimen of a man. Light, bright, damn near white, as they used to say back in the day. Looking at his granddaughter, Fixing his traditional after-church coffee and cake, he said, Darling, Pop-Pop is tired today. Them haints rode my back all night last night. Sipping his coffee, it sloshed over the rim as Parkinson's took a hold of his body. Darling, them haints will try to get you. What are haints, Pop-Pop? Haints from generations past. Troubled spirits needing to be put to rest. They visited your grandmama, her mama's people too. Them haints are linked to bones in the depths of the Atlantic Ocean. Spirits running wild. You know the knife, darling, can change their energy if you cut the air right. Then you can use the power to help you. You got to collect that energy. Capture that spirit in the blue bottles. Hang them on the trees. Them the spirit guides, the protection. My pop-pop, he done crossed over now, but I still see the blue bottle swinging on southern trees, and I smile. My soul knows it is good. Them bottles, they got the spirit in them. Those spirits connected the fertile lands across foreign shores, where centuries ago talking drums sounded out the names of stolen Africans, and today djembes beat out the rhythm of celebration because the people continue, and the color bottles shine, the wind blows, and the spirit still protects bottle trees. Helen, that was great. I think you did a good thing by calling in. Thank you. Thank um, you. Can I share you, one more? Um, we don't have time for another poem, but um, okay. is, there, is there anything, uh, do you participate in readings in, in the Philly area? You got something? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a recent relocate, I recently relocated to Philly, and I have performed at the Philadelphia Magic Garden, and, which is a wonderful mosaic garden on South Street, and I performed in a few other places. But I do have a website, it's www.htinsley, that's T-I-N-S-L-E-Y dot com www.htinsley.com, and on it I have a book called Spirit Rising, Poetic Reflections, and it's available. And thank you. Um, thank you, Helen. Please call in again. Uh, congratulations okay. on your first-time caller. Uh, thank you. My, my wife and I head there uh, every uh, twice a year for uh, Thanksgiving and Passover, so uh, um, it's, uh, I, I know South Street. Uh, okay. Yeah, I fell in. I've moved here for the art. I was living in Jersey, and I worked at the Department of Ed in Trenton. It was so boring where I was living, and I said, you know, the art is so touchable. I'm from right near New York City, and I said, you know, the art is so touchable and plentiful in Philly. So I, I haven't regretted it at all. But on my website, I have a collage that goes along with that poem, Bottle Trees, which is interesting to even just view. Um, cool. So well, okay, thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. It's uh, htinsley.com. Uh, you should check out uh, Helen's art along with her poems, h-t-i-n-s-l-e-y.com, and uh, check out that stuff. Well, we're at the tail end of the show. 
ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, for all the California callers, Columbus, Ohio, New Jersey, Lake Wells, Florida, uh, and Philly, Calif Philly, California. I wish. That would really save me a lot in airfare every year. But uh, And Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Apologize for that uh, couple of minutes of dead air. Uh, if you do uh, listen to the show again, you can use that to meditate. Um, and or whatever, a moment of silence for, for whatever you'd like. Our next show is Sunday, October uh, 4th. It's not going to be an open reading. We'll be announcing the winners of the currently running Poetry Superhighway Poetry Contest. Um, if you happen to be one of the winners, you'll be able to call in and read your poem, or if you're in the top 10 spots, uh, send an email to guidelines at poetrysuperhighway.com to get more info on entering it, or click on 2009 Contest from the main PSH menu uh, to learn all about it. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Have a lovely rest of your day. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.